Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. And producer price index is important because it is a leading indicator for what you and I may be spending in the future. Uh, we will talk about what came in. We will talk about seller financing. I got a lot of questions about seller financing, so we will hit on that and keys to understanding it. Also, I want to highlight five economic, I don't know, vocabulary that I think you would do well to understand because I think we are you know, evolving as an economy. And I think you need to understand these because the old rules or the old logic, the old data may not pretend what is coming. That said, folks, I know it is Friday. We don't normally record the daily financial news on Friday, but I, I wanted to. So we're giving you an extra special one because all of you have done such a great job of helping me grow my new channel. Yes, my new channel, The Daily Financial News, which this video will end up on later today, has 855 subscribers, folks. If 1% of you, no, 2% of you could subscribe, we would break the 1,000 metric. Uh, I will put the note, uh, the channel, in a comment, a pinned comment, and in the description below. So if you can do me a favor, get over 1,000 subs, that would be great. And then we just worked to get to 4,000 hours of watch time. So uh, you guys helped me out a lot this week. So the daily financial news is coming to you. And of course, the main channel, the channel we're talking about right now, under 500 to go. Yes, folks, you've been with me this whole time. We are now 1%, less than 1% away from this magical goal of 50,000. So thank you, thank you, thank you job's not done, right? I'll rest when we get there, the job's not done. So let's move forward, folks. Let's talk about PPI. So PPI, producer price index. You know, if you wanted, you could say it came in hot. I would argue it came in warm. What do I mean by warm? When you look at the expectations, we did tick above expectations, right? We came in at 0.8 versus an estimate of 0.7. What you may not know is there was a revision to the previous month uh, where we went down a tick. So, you know, net, net, we were kind of even. Uh, I do not see anything in the PPI report that puts a September rate hike back on the table. Again, we had three numbers to look at. We had last Friday's job number, which came in below expectation and showed deceleration. We had CPI yesterday come in slightly less than expected at 3.2 versus 3.3. And now we have PPI really down at the bottom. Uh, we will talk about C CPI here in a minute. But yes, I would say PPI came in warm, but nothing, nothing that protels a September rate hike, in my opinion. Uh, I read an interesting article from Livermore Partners. A gentleman's name is David Neuhauser. Uh, he is talking about gold going to $2,500 an ounce, setting a record. Uh, again, anytime somebody puts out a price target like that, I am suspect, I wanted to know his logic because again, he is talking about potentially a 26% rise in gold between now and the end of next year. So I say, all right, David, what is your logic? 
So basically what he is calling for is the Fed to give up on their inflation targeting agenda, right? The Fed has been remarkably clear, remarkably consistent. The job's not done. The job's not done until inflation hits 2%. In David's mind, the Fed's going to give that up because they will have to cut rates because the economy is falling apart. Again, remember, we will talk about five key economic things to think about in a minute, but uh, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of people that expect the economy to fall apart. So again, uh, in David's world, he expects stagflation and inflation to be between three and 5%. So again, that's what he is expecting. So again, don't know if you're out there, if you own any gold, uh, but if you are, maybe you like to hear, or maybe go research Livermore Partners. Uh, I would again ask you to be less interested in the price target, again, 2,500. You have to question the logic. Do you agree with the logic? Okay, then the price target makes sense. Do you disagree with the logic? Then the price target means very little. So let's get into CPI. I've dug into CPI, Consumer Price Index. It is probably the most important number for considering a September rate hike. And again, it came in at 3.2 headline. Uh, I've been I don't know, is warning, reminding, I'm not sure what the right word is, uh, but shelter is making up a lion's share and it starts to get better next month. The next three months, we should see shelter roll over as just the, the math behind how it is calculated gets better. Again, shelter was 90% of the inflation reading uh, that we got on Thursday. Think about that, inflation, less shelter, 1%, that many, that number. It's all shelter. We have been discussing shelter inflation. Shelter is the largest component of CPI core. We've been begrudgingly talking about how it is always a lagging indicator with the roller coaster. Remember the 12 months are like roller coaster cars going over the top. Well, it starts next month, the next three months, we will see big numbers fall off, which will, have the average, which will have shelter come down. So the next three months will be very good for inflation. It's, it's a mathematical certainty at this point. So again, shelter was up 0.4 last month, 7.7% year on year. It is the largest part of CPI. If you X shelter again, 1%, right? And we had some true deflation, right? Inflation, disinflation, deflation. We had true deflation. I think it was airline tickets were down 8%. So again, we're gonna to start to see the economy in this rolling recession. Again, we'll talk about that more later. The rolling recession is taking on different segments. So you're already seeing airlines, as they brought back more capacity, they are now having to discount fares. So one of the things that I don't know if you saw it, but Lance Lambert from Fortune, News Lambert on X or Twitter, uh, he and I had two great conversations yesterday. They were both published, one at five and one at seven o'clock. Lance Lambert from Fortune has a playlist on this channel, which you must watch. It is just Lance. What a great name, Lance. Uh, so that is his playlist, go check it out. Uh, I shared with him uh, my call that I think we're going to get below 4 million transactions in August. And basically, you know, he had a lot of great questions, right? Cause he is housing, housing, housing. And really what it boils down to is I think you and I, the average consumer, the home buyers, I think we have learned something. We have been trained. 
And once you train the consumer, they act out of memory. What am I talking about? Well, if you go back and remember last summer, last July, last August, rates, mortgage rates shot up past 6%, ultimately heading seven. The market stopped. Then rates came down. They came all the way down to 5.99. Transactions took off. Rates then hit 7% again. Rates, transactions slowed down. Rates came in, transactions picked up. So what we are uh, talking about here, uh, and yes, uh, please keep your prayers for the Hawaiian firefighter. Uh, there's a lot, there's the, the pictures. I think it's in Maui, it, it's, um, it's tragic. Yeah, what is going on there. So uh, prayers for the uh, my, uh, Maui firefighter who's a con consistent uh, viewer of the channel. Thoughts and prayers are with you and the entire folks for what's going on in Hawaii. Thank you for that message. Uh, I forgot who put it there, but yes, absolutely. So again, back to the consumer. What have they been trained to do? I believe right now the average home buyer stops looking at 7%, starts looking at six and three quarters, right? It, I think it is that simple. The average home buyer says 7% bad, something, something with a six, good. Now remember, when something has a six on it, you can do rate buy downs and do these other things and actually probably get something in the low sixes or the high fives. That's what I think is going on. And again, I think rates could be above 7% for the next several weeks, if not months. And if that is true, we will be right once again. And our, my call of trans, existing home sales for August will be sub 4 million. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, in reality, I guess it's where you sit in this equation. If you happen to be paid on transactions, it is obviously a bad thing. I would argue most people come to one rental at a time because you are interested in doing the work. You are interested in understanding what a great real estate deal is. And I promise you this, if my call for August is correct, we are going to start to see a disproportionate spike in motivated sellers. Motivated sellers are where you can get deals. It could be on price. It could be on terms. We will talk about that more when we reference seller financing in a minute. But again, in my discussion with Lance, we talked about why I think we're going sub 4 million. Again, transactions could take another leg down. We could actually see a 50% crash in transactions peak to trough. Right now we're sitting about 41% if memory serves. So I think there is unfortunately some more pain coming in the transaction side. But again, I have to stress this. Where there is pain, there is also opportunity. Don't be afraid, appreciate, understand, but let's get after it. This is what you all want. All of you have told me endlessly, I wish we could do it again, we could, we could do it again. All you want is a slower market. And if I'm right about August, you will get your slower market. So let's talk about seller financing. I think there are five themes that you need to understand and you need to understand them well because you need to communicate them to an owner and that owner probably doesn't know you. The first theme you have to understand is what is called installment sale, AKA delaying taxes. Yes, folks, if a seller of a property or an investment 
property. Gives you terms. They will be able to register that as an installment sale and they will not take the income tax hit on money they have not received. For example, they sell you their home at 100 grand. They take a 100 grand note back. There's no money or cash exchanged to the seller. So they will only have to recognize the payments in the interest. So again, understand an installment sale. Uh, that is something that is important. Number two, a lot of the sellers, and uh, you'll have a video coming out today or tomorrow where I break these down in more detail with Stephen Dow on seller financing and the millions of dollars I borrowed with seller financing. The next one is to maintain income. A lot of the deals that I've done is with folks that are 65 and older. They've gotten used to monthly cash flow. So we can set up a note where they get monthly cash flow. And you can actually structure it however you want. Every week, every two weeks, once a quarter, once a year, whatever works best for you uh, and the seller. Number three, obviously reducing headaches. All of the properties I bought with seller financing were, um, they needed some love, say it that way. And again, at some point, properties get tired and they need a big upkeep and a lot of sellers maybe don't wanna do that again. So again, avoid some taxes, immediate taxes, delay taxes, maintain income, reduce headaches. Number two, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of sellers think a lump of cash is a problem. One of the apartments that we did, the seller was like, hey, I don't want a million bucks in cash. That's a problem. So again, sometimes you have to understand that they just want, they want some payments, they want a secured position, they don't want a million bucks in cash because they wouldn't know what to do with it, maybe family comes and gets it, maybe they don't know where to put it. There you go. And number five, this is important today, right? The slower market. Sometimes, and I've done this a couple of times, you can pay a higher price and get terms. Today, folks, I keep telling you, Look for days on market over 30 or whatever makes sense for your buy box. And please remember, sometimes if, if the seller can, maybe you can give them a little higher price, but get terms. You can also do the 50-40-10, the CLTV loan, combined loan to value, get the seller to take a second versus taking a first. There's a lot of possibilities. And again, I wanted to talk about seller financing because I think Cody Sanchez and Pace Morby are doing a wonderful job getting folks excited about buying businesses, excited about buying real estate from sellers on seller financing. You can do it. You have to make sure the seller is in a position to say yes, meaning they have equity, uh, but yes, it is absolutely possible. Now, if you wanna buy something subject to, that is not my world, I've never done it, I won't pretend to talk about it, go watch Pace Morby. Uh, he's, he's the best at it, he has the most data, but if you want seller financing, uh, I can help you with that. We've had many, many discussions. So let's talk about five economic themes that I think mainstream media is missing that would help you understand our economy because I think our economy post-shutdown is different. Number one, work from home. I consider it work from somewhere else. Now, I don't think work from home will... will, will completely reverse. I don't think half of it reverse. Some of it will, as technology companies mandate people come back to the office like Zoom and software companies. But work from home or work from anywhere is here to stay. What does that mean though? 
It means we have fundamentally changed the economic drivers of cities. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of folks, myself included, have moved to cheaper areas. If you can move to a cheaper area and maintain your income, guess what? Life gets better. You're not stretched. So you have to ask yourself, what percent of people in our economy have moved to a lower cost of living area? Because again, if you move to a lower cost of area to live, your discretionary income goes up, right? The whole path to getting wealthy, step one, create disposable income. One way to do that, maintain income, move to a cheaper area. So again, I think there's a lot of economists and all the talking heads on TV don't realize how impactful that is. If you live in Mountain View, California, and your monthly nut was, make up a number, 15 grand, and you move to Las Vegas, and now your monthly nut is eight grand, guess what? You have more financial flexibility. So I think there's a lot of that going on. That is number one. Number two, it has been 40 years. No, I'm sorry. No, yeah, 40 years, maybe 45 years. Since the labor force, right, the bottom 50% of wage earners got theirs. Since the 80s, you know, like mid 80s, it's been the CEOs and the executives who have taken the lion's share of the goodies. That is reversing now. And it is a great thing. We need the bottom half to have more disposable income to keep the party going, right? So again, if you are in the bottom half or you know someone, there's a very good chance that their income has seen significant upside. And it is those folks who are living the closest to the edge. So again, I believe a lion's share of our economy is seeing breathing room. So again, move to a cheaper area, breathing room. Higher wages, real wages, not just nominal, real wages, more breathing room. Number three, this one is misunderstood or ignored by almost everyone. I talked about it, I think, a week ago, and it might have been 10 days ago. Variable rate debt, debt that changes based on the Fed's raise, is just over 11% of total consumer debt. Think about that. 89%, almost 89, I think it's 88.7% of consumer debt is fixed. So if you have a higher wage, if you live in a cheaper area and your debt is fixed, more disposable income. Number four, we are starting to see real wage growth. What is real wage growth again? Real wage growth means wages going up higher than inflation. Wages have been going up for the last three years. Unfortunately, it was nominal and not real. We are now seeing pretty clear signs that real wages are increasing, which is amazing. Next, we gotta talk about marginal demand. These are all themes that hopefully we talk about on this channel that help you become better at understanding the economy and why the economy is acting different than all the talking heads. There's a lot of doom and fear in the economy and I don't think they understand that the consumer has made life choices that is helping more and more. The fast, last one is marginal demand. And I think we are cle clearly seeing an example of marginal demand with home buying. 
I believe the marginal home buyer decides not to buy at 7% interest rate just because they psychologically think seven is bad. Seven bad, seven bad, six good. So again, we will see the marginal buyer come back in a huge wave. It's sort of like a, how would I say this? It's kind of like a rubber band, right? The longer we stay at 7% interest rates, the longer it gets stretched that when it finally breaks and we go sub six, all the marginal demand or much of the marginal demand will suddenly come in. That's how you can think of the marginal demand. Right now, the marginal demand for housing is choosing to sit on the sidelines. And again, as I tried to highlight earlier, that is a good thing for you and I. We can find older listings. We can write, find motivated sellers. It is a good time to skill up. If you need any help with that, I am running an event on Sunday to tell everybody how I would get started. I will do a second event. I will announce it probably on Monday, the date and time for this second free event. I want to get through the first one to see if I need to change my story and pitch. We'll see. Uh, I want to make sure it's valuable. So we'll announce the second meeting or the second event on Monday. But again, folks, I do need some help. We are 500 subscribers away from 50,000. If you've watched this to the end, please hit subscribe. If you really want to show your support for me and you want to thank me, please go to my new channel, The Daily Financial News. I will put a link below and subscribe. You get one video a day, no more, one video a day. And if you subscribe to that channel, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, I think um, it, would be, it would be a lot of fun for me to see that get over a thousand subs today. I think we are at about 850 or so. So if you want to say thank you to me, please click on the link I'll put in the notes in a minute, or the, yeah, the uh, comments in a minute, and go subscribe. And let me know what you think. I think the team's doing an amazing job on the new channel. So thank you very much. Have fun. It is Friday the 11th, I think. Take care. Bye-bye.